Hi everyone, you've found Rebirth, the podcast about women changing lives by living their own uh, with Kate Breton. That's me. Thanks for taking the time. I know there's so much out there. Today's episode is near and dear to my heart because it's with Terry Simmons, who the list of what she does and the spaces that she holds and where she walks women through is really unlistable and perhaps not completely accessible in a podcast. Um, But Terry is the woman that walked me across the threshold um, into motherhood. And I don't share a lot about my birth story, but I live a pretty natural lifestyle and I was really attached to having a home birth and that is not what happened. We, we, I, we um, had to transport for an emergency C-section and you know, everything was fine. Baby's fine. Everything's fine. And what Terry does is she makes sure that the mother is fine. And in a current culture that just sort of stops the narrative that the baby is healthy and moves on, she's holding the space for the reintegration of women and the reclamation of themselves back into their body because when women are centered you hear me say this all the time when women are centered they can move in clarity and compassion and when women are moving in clarity and compassion they are empowering others so slow down listen with more than your ears to what terry has to share and if anything about what she says today sparks a light for you reach out to her reach out to me send a message Um, if you're struggling with anything that we've talked about during this episode you are not alone part of the reason of rebirth is that this is an accessible place for new ideas for upliftment for inspiration and coming into wholeness are available so take whatever serves you leave the rest make a cup of tea and enjoy this this episode with a, a woman that is dear to my heart and our family's heart, Terry Simmons. Hi, Terry. Hi, how are you? I'm good. You guys have found the Rebirth Podcast. I'm Kate Brenton, and today we're talking with community midwife, birth educator, herbalist, body worker who specializes in trauma release, and dear friend, Terry Simmons. Thanks for making time with us for us, Terry. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me here. Yeah, it's, I think it's an important time to talk. I mean, there's so much happening right now. This podcast is getting recorded in June of 2020, and there's there's so much change in the air and I think that some things always remain the same. And I remember you saying to me, cause Terry was my midwife, you know, like the baby always gets born, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> 10 out of 10 babies have to come out. <laughs> so no matter what's happening, birth is a necessary conversation. Um, how were you called to do birth work or what, what brought you here? Well, it came from a political place. Independence was always really important to me. So, you know, I wanted something that I could travel around the world with and connect with other people. Wanted to work with women and children. Wanted to do something on the edge. Mm. Wanted to do something that had a a natural component to it and and, um, something I wouldn't get bored with. (laughs) And uh, have that self um, agency that that being an independent midwife, being a community midwife, allows for. That's amazing. I I've learned so much in just hearing about your work. And the first time that you told me that your work came from like a political place, like you know, like an activism, I was like, I don't understand that. Which I think was a really telling statement about my relationship to birth, you know, and how mm-hmm. you can. I'm like a self diagnosed intellectual that's not necessarily a compliment like which can mean too heady and too type a and it's really like a luxury to think that you can just walk along in this body and have a baby and not understand the basics of it 
And that I put myself in that category unknowingly, you know, it wasn't like I was running from mm-hmm. something, but it's just really easy to, unless you make a choice to be informed. Um, yeah. So that's why, I, that's, that's yeah. why I wanted to have this conversation with you. And that's why it's so exciting right now is there really is a big surgence of, of, you know, women and people taking charge of their lives and seeing that leadership is, comes from within as well as from without. Exactly. And that our community makes us and we've kind of lost that obviously. So, you know, it's opportunities to bring that back right now. And we're seeing that. Totally. We're seeing. And there's like a huge. So I hope that birth follows that. It's, uh, it's a pretty, you know, scary place for a lot of people and it doesn't have to be but it is Mm -hmm. and I think sometimes it's a very human response that when we're scared of something we can either dive right in or kind of stay push it away and you know and somebody might be listening to me like well how could you push away a birth and it's like ah pretty easily actually you know yeah pretty easily yeah in fact you you can't have any pushing away. You have to go through it. Right. You know, you have to go through it. And the only way pushing it away is, is to decide to not be a part of it and to stay on the outside of it. And that's impossible at home unless your body just takes over. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've definitely seen many births where the birthing person is just, you know, along for the ride. Um, you know, I always say you can't push it, you can't pull it, you've got to walk right beside mm. it. And, you know, as the attending of it, uh, it's the same thing. We can't push it, or pull it, and just walk beside. Uh, but sometimes that takes a lot of, um, like you say, retraining the mind of what the possibilities mm-hmm. are. And after working with you, we were a home, home birth turned emergency C-section. So I have some insight into mm-hmm. several environments. Um, what I want so for the listeners, you're like already like, wow, I can tell you, there'll be a link to Terry's website. And I'll just tell you right now, if you already are feeling like this woman is somebody that I want to put myself in front of or learn from, we're going to link <laughs> to her website and you can work with her remotely. So just keep, sit back and enjoy the story. Um, But one Mm -hmm. of the things that I was, where my intellect served me was my curiosity while I was pregnant about postpartum. And I feel like a really gift was your commitment to postpartum. And Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm I'm purposely saying the word postpartum so many times because we've discussed, we were chatting about like, there's a stigma on the word itself. Just using the word. Yeah. Yeah. Which postpartum just means post-birth, post-pregnancy, whether that's a termination, a miscarriage, or a birth. Mm -hmm. So even after having a planned abortion, you have a postpartum period. After a miscarriage, you have a postpartum period. And after a birth, no matter if that is... um, you know, unmedicated or medicated, um, assisted or unassisted, that all is going to still have a postpartum time. Um, And I think it is um, related to postpartum depression. And part of that, um, you know, is because of the lack of resources that are available Mm -hmm. for birthing families and how we've lost that. I mean, you know, People ask me all the time, what are, you know, do you, do you request people? Do you tell people they have to stay in bed for two weeks? I'm like, no, I tell them they should hang out for 40 days or more. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that every day that you are up, you just tag one on and it's okay to be up, just tag it on because, you know, as you were saying before, you know, before when we were chatting about this, uh, you know, you can have, you can heal from your birth, your miscarriage or your abortion at any point after the fact. And so there's no real missed opportunity. So if you're listening right now and you're like, wow, I'm, you know, three years Mm -hmm. out, I'm, you know, 16 years out, I'm 33 years out. 
or I'm just three days out, um, you know, the healing can begin. So let's talk, let's talk a little bit about that. Cause I, am sure there are some women that are listening and like, there's that ricochet of hope, you know? So Mm -hmm. can you tell me physically, and we're not, you know, there is no normal birth, but just so we can kind of get some similar language, say you just had a birth, whether it was home Mm -hmm. or hospital, C-section or vaginal, we're not asking you to get into super specifics, but can you just talk about why there is, why there's a period called postpartum and that it's not depression and emotional ranges are part of it. Can you just talk us through the physicality of what the body is? kind of recalibrating because I feel like we're so stoked about the, the um, baby shower and prenatal and then the ba- the mother has the child and then there's just a, a cliff of silence. Mm-hmm. And so can you just talk to us a little bit mm-hmm. about the physicality or and, uh, about postpartum period? Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, we're starting to recognize more the the impact that this little baby fetus has on us. Um, and, you know, you can watch the growth happen. You can feel the sensations during pregnancy. Emotions often go off. You get some bloating. You're extremely tired. Um, you know, your hormones are out of normal for what you expect to be normal. So first off is if it's happening to you, it's normal Mm -hmm. because you are normal. And so then it's sort of assessing like, okay, is this, is this, what range of normal are we in? Mm. No, is this a normal that I can handle or is this a normal that I need to get help and seek help and see, am I out of normal? Or am I still in normal? Mm-hmm. So that we, we, we learn how to do that in pregnancy because we're forced to do that, mm-hmm. right? The baby is going to grow. The fetus will change whether you decide to eat this or that, whether you decide to sleep a lot or you can't sleep at all, whether you exercise or you don't. Like, it's just going to grow. So it's amazing example that, you know, nature works. It's like we need to nourish and we'll be healthier, mm-hmm right? We need to eat better and then the baby will be better, right? So the fetus just takes from us. So it's kind of nice because then you can just look at yourself. If you're feeding yourself, then you know your baby's getting enough. (laughs) If you're drinking, you know, everything you basically feel physically, you know, your your baby, your fetus is just one step behind you. Mm. So it's the same postpartum. I want everyone to hear that the baby is that's right. It's the same postpartum. And can you give us just a window, like a non-negotiable window, because I think we can talk about how it lasts a lot longer, but everyone talks about six weeks, like this magical number. And I just don't think that's long enough. Yeah. Yeah. So depending on sort of what, how your pregnancy was, how your pre-pregnancy was, what your support system is, then it can take longer. And really, I mean, we talk about being the fourth trimester, which is a trimester is three months. Mm -hmm. So I tell people not to gauge how they are supposed to feel until six weeks. And that gives that luxury of just like, okay, you know, so it is kind of a magic number on the some places it's a magic number. Like, so you're, if, if things are falling into place, well, you're, you know, you have good rest, you have good food, you have good fluids and things are moving. Then yeah, six weeks, your hormones are probably going to reset. Mm -hmm. So if you've, you know, had, a really hard first couple of weeks because of the breastfeeding or because of recovering from possible trauma in the birth or just, just you didn't expect things to go the way they did. Even if that was a quote unquote successful home birth assisted or not assisted, right. By others, it still can be shocking to the system. Mm -hmm. So you want to give yourself a, a break on comparing to others, mm-hmm. right? Because a lot of people will be like, oh, well, it doesn't matter. As long as you have a healthy baby, look at what all other people, you know, it's like, no, if you're upset, you're upset. And it's okay to be very grateful and to be really pissed off, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? 
It really is. It really is okay to have parallel emotions. In fact, it's incredibly important to have parallels that you can identify. This and this sucks. You know? And so if you're loving it all the time, you don't really need more. If you're not loving it all the time, you need to fill in those gaps to where can I have you know, that balance. And so we used to have the balance of the community. You know, I'm sh sure there's always been times where that community's been off balanced. But when we look at sort of an ideal situation, it doesn't always have all the luxuries of the modern world. It has somebody who you can enjoy holding your baby. Mm -hmm. You know, you have lots of rest. You don't have to ask for food or fluids. They're just brought to you. They're just assumed that you need to eat. And in fact, most people, you know, when they're well taken care of, have excess around them. Um, and excess doesn't have to mean a lot of packaged stuff. It just means that they have an extra meal that they don't need that day. So allow themselves to be maxed out on food is really great. Mm. And it can be really simple food. It doesn't have to be, a, in, in fact, your body is going through so much that the digestion system is already sort of compromised by a growing baby and all your intestines being pushed out, your stomach being pushed up. Sometimes with misalignments, your intestines can get caught underneath your ribs. That can cause a lot of discomfort. So having a good posture during your pregnancy is really seems to be very key to having a really good birth. Oh, Terry, can you go back um, for a second and explain to us again, I think it's such an important concept about how the posture with which you carry during pregnancy affects postpartum. I, that's so rarely talked about. Yeah, sure. Well, there's a lot of talk. Um, a organization called Spinning Babies has become very popular, and you can find that online. And she does workshops. She's trained many people. So maybe even somebody in your own community or close by would have some 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 of that knowledge. Um, and you know, that's all great. You know, to to follow some, you know, to help you. But I think the, the very best thing is to sort of think of what was I taught about posture? And if you really haven't been taught anything about posture, then you need to seek that out. What is it? But keeping an upright uh, position, but not tucking everything in. So, you know, letting things flow because your baby will be growing in your uterus and you need to expand. So... You know, the pelvic area is going to loosen up, which a lot of people feel very uncomfortable with. And there's ligaments that can be really tight. And, um, a, you know, most women have been taught, tuck mm. that belly in, keep that ass in, right? And so it's, it's a time for letting your, your, your flexibility grow with your baby um, in your pelvic area. And thinking about having pressure and getting comfortable with pressure down is very positive. You don't want to go against that because that's where the baby's messaging is to come in and out. So if one is sensitive about having pressure, which a lot of people seem to have, just sort of wrap yourself around that that's what we're looking for. We're looking for extreme pressure in the end of this whole thing. And so that's the only way really that baby's going to come out vaginally is if you do have that extreme pressure. And some people look at it in a positive or a negative way, but wrapping yourself around the positivity of that extreme pressure is going to help because there's often a lot of association with negativity. So just, you know, this is something that's happening with your right. body, not to your body. And that helps a lot too. So that's one area that a lot of people, that's the first area that's sort of mm -hmm. affected, right? Is some pressure on your bladder, which, you know, a lot of people don't mm -hmm. want to stop and pee, right? A lot of people tell me, well, I can't drink a lot of fluids because I just pee a lot. Okay, well, then that means you're not absorbing. You shouldn't mm -hmm. pee out what you drink in. 
Um, you want to like look to some of the flax seeds to put in the bottom of your flower, you know, your mm-hmm. water, chia seeds to, to help moisture get a ele- good elective lights, bring in some good mineral salts or sea salts. If you know if it's from a river or a cave or an ocean and has that name <laughs> in the, the title of the salt, then it's good. You don't want a refined salt. And you just put some of that in your water every day. And that'll just help build your electrolytes and, um, and adding lemon to it is amazing as well. So, you know, that keeps everything fly, uh, really pliable and absorbing well from maybe pre, maybe during, and certainly after pregnancy, which we're, we're trying to focus on here, is the post but it it often starts well i'm going to ask a, that. So, yeah i'm going to you know, ask a very super important part what might be for you a very basic and question but i think is often not and there's you know let me just pause and say for my for my opinion it's so easy to look at somebody and be like well how would you not know that but when you're in the moment of something and you're not being <clears throat> yeah. told and so many different things are happening i think we've all had moments in our lives where we've missed a common sense connection. And so let's not judge a pregnant woman or a woman in postpartum. Um, But can you say a little bit about like, what I'm hearing you say is like, so maybe you weren't drinking enough water, you know, uh, during when you were pregnant. And then I think what people don't realize is that's going to, that's going to, but that's also going to affect your postpartum. Like, I think what you're saying Yes, it is. Absolutely. Yes. And it's going to affect your Mm. posture. That's Mm -hmm. what we were talking about is the posture, because if you have less fluids, you're going to have more pain. So you tend to go into away from the pain in your body, which often develops bad posture. Right. Because if everyone just sits up right now, you're going to find where the sensitive spots in a good posture mode is. When you're in a good posture mode, your ribs are not flared in. There's no space in between. And it's very important to keep that good posture. Like I was saying before, like your 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 intestines can be pushed. They're going to be pushed out of the way as the, as the baby grows in your uterus. So the stomach is going, the gallbladder. You know, everything is mm-hmm. being pushed away. And you can Google uh, a map of a growing um, belly, and it's incredible what and you just. I remember the first time I saw that, I said, "Where, <laughs> where is all this?" First of all, it's really hard to believe we have that much going on in our bodies. You know, inside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. bodies right and so then when you see these pictures of like being pushed away pushed away pushed away it's like where does it all right. go right here a lot of people saying they mm-hmm. can't breathe you know they can't breathe through it and now you know during this time it's a really you know a big trigger place mm-hmm. for people right for so many levels around mm-hmm. breathing and, and, and so, so common that you're just, your intestines are just pushing on your diaphragm, which is pushing on your, your lungs. And it just, you get those out of the way and it's like, wow, I can mm-hmm. breathe and, and, and just not having to think about whether you can breathe or not is going to liberate a lot for yourself. So that good posture, if nothing else can help you just function better on the day-to-day breathing healthier you get your lungs you get your mind expand you're even like getting into your eyes and nose better when you can take those deep safe breaths so you know anytime you feel unsafe about something you sit Mm. with it right put your hand on your heart sit with that unsafe try to identify in a safe place Mm where that is coming from. And if you can place it, then you can often help heal it. Mm. Because without even placing why, it's just, you just push it away. So I've been saying for years and years, a clear mind is a clear birth. But how the heck do you get there? You know, so more recently, I've been saying, you know, we need this clear space for this baby to come through, you know, how the main mind, you know, how it happens. 
but you might have to just push all that crap that you got in your brain out of the way. It's almost like, okay, it's okay to clear a mm-hmm. path. It doesn't mean your stuff is mm-hmm. gone. You're just clearing a path and saying, this isn't the time to deal with that. Now, stuff that keeps popping back in your path as you clear it, it's worth exploring. And so as you're having that, you know, metaphor of good posture, when you have a good posture, you actually have more Mm self-esteem. You actually have more self-regulation. You have that self-efficacy. <laughs> Tell us, right? yeah. You Tell us it. more about what that means to you, self-efficacy. Self-efficacy, believe it, achieve mm-hmm. it, right? If you can believe it, then you can have it. And so s- most people's goals are to have a healthy baby out of the process, mm-hmm. right? So health is, you know, it's, it, it's, it's paramount. It's more than just, yeah, it's, it's, you know, that can be a whole podcast yep. in itself. Mm-hmm. What is health? Right. Um, but having that self-efficacy of believing and drawing on experiences I mean, one of the cool things about when you're really young having a baby for the first time is you're not really thinking about things. You're just on the top of your mountain anyway. You know, it's like, you know, you're at a really good place. If you can have, you know, that self-efficacy of knowing your um, self-confidence, self-esteem, that helps. Or... Just kind of saying, well, you know, I don't really know what's going to happen tomorrow and it's okay to not know what's going to happen tomorrow, right? That can really help, right? And a lot of younger people have that. They're like, you know, indestructible. Mm -hmm. So that can really help. Of course, if you have trauma situations in your life that have brought that self-confidence, self-esteem and self-efficacy down, then that's going to be more of a difficult situation. So you're going to have to push that out of the way trust the body, trust the experience. So self-efficacy can come from you having had successful situations in your life. It can come from seeing other people have that successful thing in life or being encouraged and or being encouraged that you can do it. Having trusted people around you that tells you, I mean, there's been so many times where You know, I know that I am holding the space for somebody to just believe that they can do Mm, this, mm -hmm. right? And sometimes believing they can do this is getting into a situation that you didn't expect. And that's the resilience, right? That you can can trust the process so much, even if it's unexpected. Mm -hmm. Because we learn from all of it. Mm-hmm. So it's not a place to judge, you know, and I think right now with the mask wearing or not mask wearing is a really perfect example of learning how not to judge other people. Mm-hmm. You know, we can say I'm doing it for myself. We can say I'm doing it for others. It doesn't matter. It's just like if you feel good, then you do what you need to do to feel good. If you need to ask somebody else to do something so that you'll feel good. Well, they ultimately should feel better about that, too, because then everything is eased, right? So that's why when we go to postpartum with this, believing that, yeah, okay, well, there's a lot of babies on the planet, so this must be right. normal, you know? And, and really a lot, you know, we can go to privilege with that and access right? Um, many of the people that will be listening will, will be able to, to even more define their privilege right mm-hmm. now um, and, and set themselves on an intention of like, uh, you know, that self-efficacy again, right? Believing that you can achieve the goal of breastfeeding or healing or getting back to your life, right? I think that that's a very, 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 very a uh, big part of the postpartum mm-hmm. healing is that you will never be the same. And that's okay. Well, I think that's a really big point because there, it's <clears> a big this, one. It holds everything. It does home. because I feel like the message um, that was common was, 
because I'm, I'm a slender figure. Um, so everyone's like, oh, you're back. And I'm like, what does that mean to you? And I'm not yeah. even asking for yeah. your input, but it gave me a real insight because yeah. no one was asked. Well, not no one. That's not true. Cause I actually had a lot of like yourself and some really great friends that were practitioners or just had the mindset that I needed to find a new balance. It gave me insight to like this assumption that is just pushed on was my experience, you know, of like, you're fine yeah. or that um, we just needed to get it together. You know, you just need to get everything together yeah. because now life needs to move on. And, and that's just yeah. not how nature works. Like when I found, yeah. So I'm intrigued about that. Um, yeah. The nature wants us to go a little bit slower, well, I think. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a reason why for many, many, many generations, millennium, that women took time to heal after mm -hmm. birth. Like there's hormones working against you from building up. Can you talk muscles. about that? Can there's you talk hormones. about that? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, it's not one of my expertise. And I thought about that uh, before <laughs> preparing for this. It's like, oh, I should know these hormones <laughs> if I'm going to speak about them. But um, just, you know, when, whenever we have, um, you know, we have uh, various amounts of hormones and one of them, you can sort of see that first few days afterwards where you're just so awake mm. and you're not sleeping and everyone around you is exhausted and you're just like, oh, I'm fine. <laughs> right. And sometimes that can be out of balanced in an extreme way where you're just like so high and so we need to watch that you don't go too low, mm -hmm. right? You don't mm -hmm. crash because that adrenaline, mm -hmm. which is there, and I get it as a midwife too. I love that, you know, and, and uh, you know, the adrenaline lasts about 72 hours. So it's a good one to say, you know, and that, that we also have another one, oxytocin, which is incredible hormone. And you can get that in so many places. And one of them is through contractions, through orgasm, through laughing, through sharing a meal that's good. That's why when people are like, I can't believe you spend so much money on going a nice place. And I say to eat and it's gone in, you know, 15 minutes or less. And it's like, no, I can draw on mm. that for, for years to mm. come. I can draw on that. And so people also get that with the breastfeeding or chest mm -hmm. feeding. And, and you can draw on that for the next one. Oh, but I might feel good. Mm -hmm. You know, if I, if I do this, I'm going to draw. That's a self-efficacy, right? You, you believe that it's going to happen. And so then you get to the next one because so many hours is breastfeeding. If you choose to breastfeed, it is so many hours that you can't really prepare mm -hmm. for that, what that means. And I, I think the only way to really prepare for that is to know that it. It, that it's that it's, it's going to take a lot of time and it's going to take a lot of rest and it's going to take a lot of fluids and it's going to take a lot of food and it's going to take a lot of support to do it well. And so we have these myths that two weeks now we'll give each, you know, give ourselves two weeks, mm -hmm. right? If, well, you know, hopefully you're not going back, quote unquote, back to work. But, you know, once you start doing something in your house, that's it. Nobody's going to do that task right. again for you, right? Because they've been doing this and that for all these hours, days, mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, oh, okay, you can do it then. Oh, great. You know? Um, so that, that throws people off because they want to get up and do something normal. And there is no new norm, you know, a new normal is not about what you used to do. So sweeping the floor is never going to be the same because you're, you're, not only are your hormones reshifting into a new pattern, hopefully in a good set of patterns with this ultimate, you know, good band around you, even if you have to just create it yourself. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, you, you, your brain is redistributing. It's losing some of its gray matter. Like we have this incredible capacity to grow our brain and, 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 and one of the really incredible places is, is post-birth. And, and post-birth can be post-miscarriage, post-abortion. Um, there is some, you know, because birth is actually a fresh start mm -hmm. in a way, like you can use that analysis or so many birth of a business, birth of a this, birth of a that, like, 
you know, there's so many places that we can use the analysis of birth. So it's a, you're perfect, right? You're rebirth, right? right? We're we're rebirthing all Mm -hmm. the time. Every time Mm -hmm. we wake up, we're Mm -hmm. rebirthing, right? So our brains are just developing, 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 developing. And during this post, you know, post big event of bringing a human being into the world, that in particular grows this brain in a way. And just as you don't, you know, it's development, we can watch it with children, we can see it in ourselves. If we're teachers, we see it all the time. There's an incredible scrambling of things right before things settle. Mm. And so the, just as the body is starting to feel better, mm-hmm. that brain is, is working in an overtime of settling because that first week it's kind of like, you know, I describe it as like, it's like a road trip. You just can't, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. stop, you know, if you're driving everyone is depending on you in the car. And so you can take your breaks, but you better plan for your Mm -hmm. breaks because you can't just automatically take a break. Yeah. Right. And we've all been probably driving where you're just like, I can fall asleep right now. It's totally (laughs) fine. I can fall asleep right now. And you have to tell yourself, no, this is not an appropriate time. I need to find a spot where I can safely pull over and take a break. So that was really just built into our culture. Well, that's what I think it is. is that, that you just got Yeah, breaks. like you don't. Well, I think what you're talking about is this idea that the more you do, the better you're doing. And that doesn't yeah. really apply to right after birth. Except for the breastfeeding, <sighs> you know, if you choose to do that or just caring for your, you know, your baby or yourself, like that can improve everything. But day. I also think that you just have to remember, like, it's only been three days. It's only been yeah. four days. It's only been two weeks. It's only been we, we have an expectation that we're going to heal a lot faster. So we started with the question of like your your hormones are working against you from building up any masses of muscle. So I hear all the time about two weeks. If I don't get out now, I'm never going to get out. That's just not true. That's just telling your brain is telling you, I want to get out and do some stuff. I want to be normal. I need a normalcy. And so you're fighting against it. And then you start bleeding a little bit more. And then you're exhausted. And then you're wondering why. Now you're at day, you know, week three. And you're just like, I should be better. Everybody else is better. But you're only seeing the people. I mean, there are some people that just really recover very quickly in general, they don't have a lot of discomforts. I think if you're not working your muscles too much during your, your birth, right, you're, you're working with your body and not against your body, then that can really help afterwards, you know, but sometimes that's a learned thing too. And sometimes we have to be a doer in it. And so then we have to use everything to do it, right? So it just really depends on the individuality and then accepting the individuality. So how does that translate to that you can address postpartum when your child's 10 years old? Okay, so good. So first thing is stopping and accepting that you didn't take the time. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe even writing down a few things. Like if I could have had the most ideal situation, what would it be? I mean, I think one of the exciting things right now is we learn about, you know, the, the brain and, and, and repattering, pattern, 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 <laughs> um, that we can, we can recreate quote unquote, recreate, give space for new programming, new blueprints, Mm -hmm. right? So accepting that you have something to heal, accepting that you have something to reprint is really important. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's free and that's private and that should you know, that should be okay. You know, it should be okay to just be like, wow, I was in a crummy situation or I didn't know that there was even this, right? So now we have a little bit more access to knowing about these things. I just want to enter, but we didn't know. And I want to interject that when I told people that my midwife stayed with me for like, what was it? Eight weeks after birth, the, the flash of emotion 
that I saw in women's eyes was what made me curious. Yeah. Cause, yeah. Cause you just were like, at that point it was just normal yeah. for you because we were yeah. so I'm like, Oh yeah. Terry's still here. Yeah. And this, like, just this, there was never any words, but there, and it, that yeah. interpretation of like, Oh, that help exists or why is that happening? And I, yeah. and it just made me realize because there were no words and it wasn't jealousy or complaint. I was like, and, you know, we have a shared interest in body work and how to come into alignment mm-hmm. and how your consciousness inhabits your form. And, and so those, when I started to see that flash in more than one set of eyes, I knew something was going on. If it was just one set of yeah. eyes, I probably would have just thought, oh, Aunt yeah. Sally, you know. But the, when it was multiple yeah. ages and multiple eyes that looked back at me, I, yeah. I, yeah. Well, it's hard. I mean, I love working with people and families postpartum. It's just, I mean, I could create a whole, I don't know, business would be, you know, just the amount of, of work that is possible for someone. And it's also individual, you know, right. But, you know, to get a collective to be like wanting that, you know, we have to, we have to want that as a society. Well, right? We have to know so that it's available. That there's, mm-hmm. Well, it's knowing it's available, but you know, now postpartum doulas is all, you know, it's mostly about keeping your house clean and bringing you stuff and hanging out with your kids. Like, you know, the list of what a postpartum doula is, is super helpful. Um, But, you know, that it doesn't often require or, um, you know, add on, you know, care for, for the birthing fan, you know, the person that's birthed. Um, there's, um, Ayurvedic postpartum Mm -hmm. doulas and they often do, um, add a lot. In fact, they may have to add on the dish cleaning and, and the cleaning up because that's what people think is a postpartum doula, but that's not their expertise. And if you allow somebody to share what their expertise, expertise are, you can get a lot more out of the experience than just telling them, oh, this is what I want, you know, Mm -hmm. so starting to look to, okay, well, what, what am I getting in my house? And what am I not getting in my house? How does my body feel Mm -hmm. right now? What would be helpful, you know, and, and we look at the concept, it's very easy to go dry, wet, cold, hot, I'm hot, I need to cool down, Mm -hmm. I'm dry, I need to get moist. I'm, you know, I'm wet, I need to dry out, right? I'm cold, I need to warm up. So if we could just really look at that every day when we wake up, (laughs) am I dry? Am I wet? Am I cold? Am I hot? And maybe an hour later, we're, we're, I mean, we do it all the time. We take our shirt off, put our, you know, our jacket on, we drink some water, we go, you know, we eat some, but, but we often go for the things that, that, you know, don't necessarily balance us out, but what makes us comfortable. And so postpartum is a time, you know, everything is like, okay, if you just get these gadgets, right. Um, But everything is external. And what we really do need is we need to slow down and allow our bodies to realign and to balance out. And really the, the job is, is just to have you know that softness of feeding however that is through a bottle I mean it's 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 just it's you know the 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 whole thing is just you know in my opinion just messed up (laughs) right because it's just you know now everyone's on these pumps they're not believing they need to see it you know and it's just like this is just a new modern way. This, we have to look back. We have to look back further. You know, we, we still have, now the younger women have their great grandmother's birth at home, but both of my parents were born at home. You know, it's like, it's not that far back, mm-hmm. right? And some of, in the North, obviously people, you know, went to the hospitals quicker than in the South or the West. Um, of course, um, you know, we're, we're, um, we're here in Philadelphia and the, modern medicine world capital of the u.s for sure and some people debate whether you know it pushed things in in this whole western world um and so that's a lot to fight against Mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of pride in the medical community so 
I think it, you know, I've just learned to just be so grateful to when we need it. Um, but we'd be a lot healthier if we just really looked to what we needed, you know, within the medical and without the medical. So, you know, seeing birth and postpartum as non-medical can really help soften up everything, mm. right? Because most of us don't have a lot of interface with the medical world, right? you know, other than like somebody we know who works in it, you know? So then our orientation, when we go to birth, you know, when we get pregnant and, you know, we're like, oh, I must not know this, mm. you know, but really we do know we have been living in our bodies. Mm -hmm. So we are the authority of our mm -hmm. body. We might just need to reflect out to see where we need to reflect back in to help, you know, manage, quote unquote, a situation. And sometimes we need help and we need to go for it. Right. And we need to like, you know, accept that help. Totally. Right? Yeah. And there's no, and that's really empowering. In it itself, is. Right? And I feel like for myself, I had a really big, in so my birth didn't go how that I wanted to, but that was part of my lesson and surrender. And I feel like, um, the way that I'm used to inhabiting my body started to come back uh, a year after because there was integration of emotions and experience. And then there was another big mm -hmm. integration when my son was two and I'm not saying mm -hmm. that I wasn't sitting, I wasn't sitting at home, not doing anything. I mean, we were out, we were running, you know, I was healthy. Everything was, you know, quote unquote fine. But I want to invite because of that look that I saw in so many women's eyes and because of women who sometimes now I know to ask them about their birth experience and they well up in emotion and they say, oh, but my son mm -hmm. is 16. I'm like, you don't have to diminish that because the body holds the story. Right. And I think, you know, you keep talking about a clear space and it's like, no matter the door didn't close on you as a mother to reclaim that space or integration. And every time I think one of the right. things we learn is when we accept a little bit of piece of ourselves, especially things that we don't particularly like or jam on, or we're disappointed with in that alchemy of acceptance, there's, there's space. And that means we're mm -hmm. inhabiting ourselves better. So it's like, you know, that reclamation doesn't mean that you get to rewrite history. It means that like the scar no longer has as deep of an adhesion. And I bring that up because this is something else I've talked to women about mm -hmm. that you really helped me with, with my C-section scar. And I can remember, you know, for the listener when Terry was like, okay, it's time to let, now here I'm someone that prided myself on being super physical. And like, I really had a pretty jamming relationship with my body prior and like I didn't know what to do with that scar and preferably mm -hmm. I didn't really want to do anything with it <laughs> mm -hmm. and I want yeah. women to hear Very this common. because I think it's something that's not talked about and then when you were explaining yeah. to me you know why we were gonna massage it so there wasn't adhesions and I, I I want you to know this too but I want the listeners to know I've repeated what you've told me and I've watched women go oh I never thought about it. I'm like yeah it's skin, then fascia, then muscle, then your uterus. And that could be all connected, which means when we hit menopause and the women go, oh, I'm like, why yeah. aren't we? Like, that's a basic thing for any, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So what yeah. I'm extrapolating from that, too, is in each of those layers, whether you have a vaginal delivery or a cesarean or whatever happens, whatever gets stretched or moved if there's an emotion that's attached to that expansion, mm -hmm. then that emotion and that integration has to be part of coming back to, yeah. I'll say center, because I don't know what normal is and I don't know yeah. what back is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And you mentioned the two year and that's when your brain sort of like, you know, some people can be a little delayed or a little bit advanced on this development, but that's when, you know, the brain stops doing its major shifts as around two to two and a half years um, post. Oh, and so if you have one after another, your brain might not be done with one until you've <sighs> got the other, right? So it's, it can be delayed. And then you can say, well, I'll just never get it if you have multiple mm. children or just time or you don't accept that, you know, like you are done or you are, don't, aren't done, right? I see that both people hold on to things mm -hmm. <laughs> and they also don't even pick it up 
you know? So if you want to get rid of something, you have to accept picking it up and getting rid of it. Mm -hmm. You know, we could look around our homes and see a lot of stuff we don't want, but you just can't will it away. It's just not going to. And so those are the same things inside of our bodies. You know, when we have a scar tissue, we can't just will it away. We have to work on it. We have to figure out what is the individual way. And, and, and you said it, you know, if you have, you know, some trauma or some, you know, association, something you don't want to see, you know, these little babies are, are cute for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we need them to be super cute, you know, and, you know, that those hormones help with that. Right. But mostly they're just cute by design, you know. And so, you know, that just looking at a little face can just bring that oxytocin up, which helps healing. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you every time you look and you have an association to a trauma at birth or somebody said something in pregnancy or you don't have the support of the, you know, the other parent, you know, there is no other parent or that person is not somebody you want to even talk to right now, but you're forced to, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, you can get, you know, those, those, those emotions can affect your bonding and your healing. So, you know, those, those are all part of the postpartum acceptance of change and growth and dealing with, you know, and, and you are going to move quicker than anyone else in your circle because you're forced to. You're going to get to know that baby quicker. You're going to know what your, you know, what your needs are. You're, you know, you, you may or may not know how to ask for those needs. But I always suggest a really great way is to, you know, tell your support system, ask them, how do you know already the ways I'd like to be taken care of? Mm. And, and let them come up with some of these things. What do you think I'm going to need when I have a baby in my arms, like knowing me, you know, and this can start the question in non-defensive way. Right. And if you get the response, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. You need to tell me, you need to tell me a lot, particularly men are brought up with, the yes, ma'am syndrome, you know, I'll do it if you tell me, but I'm not thinking about it ahead mm-hmm. of time, you know, and that's really, it is changing mm-hmm. and that's super exciting. I mean, I've been doing this almost 30 years, so I've seen a lot of changes and I think I've had exceptional families with me, mm-hmm. right. Um, that are choosing my care anyway, you know, much more involved, but, you know, surprisingly not, you know, you would think that there would be kind of across the, the, you know, across the board that way. And it's just not. So, you know, you kind of work with what you have. Right. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and another suggestion, if you don't get like, okay, this, uh, there's some great books that, that one can, you know, always, you know, often the men that I'm working with, they'll say, Oh, I can't catch the baby. You know, it's like, well, why not? Like, she's going to have the baby. Like, what is your problem? Like, you know? uh-huh. Oh, I couldn't do that. It's like, well, what do you think that's going to be like? Like, who, you know, you literally catch the baby? Like, <laughs> and so, but, you know, they just have to get used to it. You know, often if you're not forced to something, you're like, push it away. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so you just have to get used to that. You have to get used to the idea. Oh, wow. You know, and. I'm going to catch this baby. And what do I need to do to feel centered to do that? Do I need to know what's going to happen to the baby beforehand? Do I know to know what this person's going to go through to catch this baby? Or do I need to trust that I'm not going to just drop it? Right. You know, I'm going to make sure I have a pillow underneath. <laughs> I'm going to make sure that midwife or the, you know, and somebody else is like got their hands underneath. Like, it's not a time to go into your pride. It's about what you really can and can't mm-hmm. do. And if you get to the end of your journey and you're like, you know what? I can't do that. And that's okay. You've, you realize why you can't do it. I mean, lots of women get to the end of their, you know, their, their birth and they're just like, I can't do this anymore. And so I'm not going to fall for that because it mostly means I don't want to jump off this <laughs> cliff. You know, mm-hmm. like, I don't want to jump. 
you use your self-efficacy and you say, what I, you know, I believe I can do this. I've got people around me that saying I'm safe to do this. Right. And so you push yourself. You're like, everyone else has jumped off this thing and they're fine. You know, it's like if something happens, well, it's sort of like a plan. You go for a walk. You don't plan to not come home. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if you need to go to the hospital at the end of the walk, you've got a plan. It's not like a rocket science. You've got a plan. You just, you just do your plan, right? right? So it doesn't mean that you failed your walk. We wouldn't use that, you know, but for some reason we have this failed, you know, in the birth, you know, you're, you've got all these people like, oh, you can't do this at home. And then you, then you proved it. You got to go to the mm-hmm. hospital. That's friggin' smart of you to go to the hospital. Right. Like that's like incredibly responsible decision, you know, and sometimes it's just, you want the cop out. You just want it. So I'm work with really independent people. And I think that most people are independent. They just, you know, don't have the self-esteem or self-confidence to, to pull that out or self-efficacy, you know, to pull that out of their, their hat at that moment. Um, but, you know, given that support to be like, I know this is hard and it's okay. You know, you don't have to believe it. I work with an incredible the midwife and, you know, she's just like, I don't believe it's going to happen either. I birthed three times and I didn't think it was going to happen. Mm. I've been to, you know, all these births and I just don't even think it's going to happen at the end, but I don't let that stop me, mm. you know? And so you don't let that just because you don't believe it's going to happen you go into the glory of that, you know, the funness of that, that's alchemy, right? It's like, you don't know when it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. You don't know what you need to put into your medicine bag or your, you know, what into your body for it to happen or what people need to come in, but it's going to happen, you know? And if you go with the flow, instead of fighting it, it's going to be, it's going to happen a lot more healthy. It's going to be more healthy, you know, in the long run. And then when you don't have what you wanted, you have your, you know, your, your fallbacks, Mm -hmm. right? You have your fallbacks on, on, okay, you know, resilience. Like I'm so grateful, you know, you can always look for the positive within the, the negative and the negative within the positive, right? That's another role of the self-efficacy is to not, not allow yourself to, to bring a positive thing down to the negative because other people believe, you know, it's other people's belief system. And that, and that's super challenging. And I don't like to change anyone's belief system. I like to expand their own belief system to give possibilities of positivity. But the fact is, is we don't know. And we don't know how much we're influencing others. And we don't know how much we're influenced by others. No, that's so the truth. We yeah. really, you know, don't always know that. And so, you know, it's real easy for midwives to go into the ego place. And, you know, unhealthy ego is a mess. Healthy ego, like, helps people find these power within themselves, you know. And that, that, you know, is that balance that we're all looking for, you know, we're not looking for uh, a particular outcome, but you know, that's all messed up now too. write your birth plan and then throw it out. (laughs) It's like, what the heck? Like it's hard work to achieve your goals. Mm -hmm. Why would you throw it out? in one of the hardest things you may ever do in your life, you know, why would you throw out like your, your hopes and your dream? Like, why would they even be that? They, it's like attempt to go pick up something across the room. You got to go over there and get it. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to have a goal and you, so if you drop that cup, well, you know what, we can pick it up. You know, we might not be able to repair it, but we can transform it into something. There else, you go. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like it, it can become something else. And so then that's the beauty of it. It's like what you go through makes you beautiful, right? That, oh, Terry, that's, that's it. I mean, Terry's website is, um, well, right? Alchemy, birth, and wellness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if we focus more on, on that, on that whatever you go through makes you beautiful, then that not only empowers you, but it empowers your family and whatever construct that is. 
because while yeah and calling out people when they they have messed you up Mm -hmm. you know I think that that's a really important thing you know because you know we can get into that whole thing of you know this is meant to be no it's not everything is meant to be I do not believe that you know so you know calling people out on it and then getting clarity right because we might call out and it might not be accurate so you call out and then you have a, you know, you have a, a, a interchange because a lot of times are missed, miscommunication. I think that's also really important, no matter if you're listening to this and you're pregnant or you're recently postpartum or you're one of those moms whose you know, children is driving down to the grocery store, is that you, your perception may not have been accurate and that's okay. But investigating yeah. it is where the is where the alchemy comes from. Holding it yes. and wrapping it in judgment or bitterness is it really becomes a mm-hmm. heavier and heavier package to carry. Mm-hmm. And that's not out of judgment. That's just body mechanics. You know what I mean? Like you're gonna yep. keep carrying it, so you know it doesn't it doesn't yep. absolve anybody. But that I think that's what I'm truly fascinated in is that the postpartum process has allowed me to have like a different and stronger belief that integration, which is not erasure, but integration can happen at any time. Mm -hmm. You know, that reclamation can happen at any time. And I think everyone would benefit from realignment. Yes. Yep. 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 So how can someone work with you, Terry? What do you have going on? So I have some new things. I'm moving more into education Mm -hmm. and mentorship. And I've always done the hands-on healing, um, and that's incredible. But in these days, that's a little bit harder to do, mm-hmm. right, obviously. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to that coming back. But right now, I'm just making the best out of what we can do. And I'm learning that, you know, we can be more self-sufficient than I've even thought we could. So there's a lot of ways that through you know, FaceTime and Zoom, we can see each mm-hmm. other. And I think that's a really important part of it is, is being, um, you know, available face to face as much as possible. Um, because someone can say, oh, I have a hard time, you know, sitting up and you could make up all kinds of stories, but then you see them shifting and you're like, hmm, that doesn't look so hard or that looks a little harder than you let on. To right. Me, right. So, so that's a really important thing is, is we have a lot of stories about ourselves that, it, up, you know, when we can talk back and forth, we can, we can look through that. So, um, you know, we can do virtual appointments. Mm-hmm. Um, I have so many techniques of helping people move through trauma. You do. And that can mm-hmm. be done. You really virtually. do. It really mm-hmm. can. And, um, And so, you know, the physical stuff is important, but I think a lot of people that seek out my help, my help are very independent. (laughs) So they really enjoy finding independence through this healing work as well. I would agree. I mean, from my personal experience, I would agree with that. And if you're, if someone's listening, just, I, I think of like different types of listeners and it's like, you could probably book like one session and figure out like, where are you guys journeying together? Do you know what I mean? This, yeah. isn't, this isn't promoting. Yeah. Like, it does a, yeah. help to do a, a series of three. Mm-hmm. I, it really does because the work can be just so mind blowing that, you know, you're just kind of like, mm, I'm not sure if I believe that. Right. And so we can really sink it in because I was taught that, you know, like simplicity is, is really powerful. And a lot of people want, you know, the hard, Wait, you, the phone hard just went out for one out. second. You were taught that what oh, was really powerful, that simplicity, simplicity mm-hmm. is, 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 is possible. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people want the hard rock. It's like you've got the door there and you've got a, you know, a hammer, you've got an axe and you've got a rock there. And it's like, how are you going to get through that door? You know, and most people wouldn't move the rock to see if anything's underneath it. But usually the key's right under the rock. <laughs> I know I would sludge it down. I would be like, ah, you know. you know then you got to go to the store and get more you got to build something you got to cover it up you know so those are the easy way out you know it's like sometimes the hardest work is the easiest way out and that doesn't need to be you know 
the way that it has to be. So sometimes that it takes a little bit of believing it, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's why that three, you know, we can get through that onion layer, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit more. Usually people settle out and want to sit with it after three appointments. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I really do think that in threes, magic happens. I agree with you. It, it gives the time for integration and, and deciding mm-hmm. to dive a little bit deeper if you yeah. want. And then you're, yeah. how about your, um, your educating? Let, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to be doing a series of classes with an incredible practitioner, Deanna Batdorf, um, who's out of Sebastopol, California. And we're going to do a series of classes, um, all birth, birthy stuff and just, you know, healing through, through pregnancy, birth and postpartum. And so we're not quite sure how that's going to um, pan out yet. We're in the development stages right. of that, but it's going to be incredible. And, and it's going to be a series of seven classes. And that'll be at the and, end of uh, this year. So if someone's, if someone's interested, yeah. the best thing they could do is, I'm going to put the website at the bottom of this episode, would yeah. be to get the website and look for it. Get ed- on to the website yeah. and see what's going on. Um, the, the virtual appointments can happen at any mm-hmm. point. There's going to be some mentoring of birth workers that are coming up. Those are very exciting. We're going to do a pilot, um, tap it out at six people. And so that's going to be really a great way to learn some of this, these techniques that have taken me a lifetime to achieve and just we're ready for it. Yeah. We're ready for, you know, seeing birth as natural again. And, you know, no matter what the setting is, we can still have that natural thought. So it's beautifully said. I... Self-determination. <laughs> I mean, that's also the gift you can give to the child that's arriving when you give it to yourself. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Peace begins at birth for everyone, mm-hmm. you know, and you can have crazy experiences and still have a very peaceful beginning. It's true. It's true. Thank you so yeah. much for taking the time to balance talk with your us. fluids, yeah. eat your veggies, wash your hands, you know, love each other, stand up for what you believe in. Mm-hmm. All really good, good mottos to live by. Thank you so much. Check out alchemybirthandwellness.com. Reach out to Terry. Uh, you won't regret it. I appreciate you, Terry. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Kate. I appreciate you too. Bye. Thanks for a great, great chat. Mm-hmm. Bye. Right. Hope to hear from some of y'all soon. Yeah, bye bye. Bye bye.